Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean Thank you very much, Ben McKay. Welcome to another episode. If this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter, hashtag Kangaroos, Instagram, hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, or TikTok, hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight, I welcome back Marnie Cohen to preview our all-important rival game against Essendon on Saturday. There was a lot to talk about. We talked about uh, Brady Rawlings on the Gettable Podcast. His thoughts on that, so we touched on a couple of points there. Ben Cunnington's uh, retirement game. Uh, what are, what uh, is Marnie's? What were Marnie's uh, favourite memories of uh, Ben Cunnington throughout his career? Uh, also previewed the game coming up against Essendon. Uh, should we put a tag on Zach Merritt early? Uh, there was a lot to talk about. Let's not waste any more of the valuable time. Let's bring on Marnie Cohen. Marnie, welcome back tonight. Um, it's been a while. Oh, since last week, I should say. Now it's let's. It's been uh, a long week, Dean. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't, wasn't too bad last weekend. So, yeah, no, it was uh, at least a better performance, which we'll go to soon. But uh, let's start with Brady Rawlings on the Gettable podcast the other day with Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey. Now, a couple of interesting points there, and I'll start with Todd Goldstein. Now, Rawlings pretty much said that he wants him to play another year or, or close to that, to that effect. I know you've been a big supporter of him uh, playing another year as well. I could have gone either way with this, but you could certainly understand it because I think we can't have too much confidence that Sherry and CCJ are the future one-two punch based on evidence this year. Um, right now, and right now, he's the he's still the best big man at the club, isn't he, Marnie? A hundred percent. I've been banging on about this all year. I'm sure people are so sick of me talking about it. You have to give him another contract. Like there is, it would just completely blow my mind if he is not playing at North next year. I'll be really disappointed unless he decided that he wanted to retire, but I think he, I think he does want to play on. So, um, and I, I believe that he would, I, I think that if North can offer him another contract, someone else would. I just think he still has so much value. Um, it's obvious that he's, I'm not sitting here saying, yeah, yeah, he's going to be in the next finals tilt. Like, I'm not an idiot. I know well and good that, you know, if we get another year out of him, that may well be his last year. And it probably would very well be his last year if, if he plays on next year. But we don't have another AFL standard Ruckman, in my opinion, at this time that can carry the ruck load on their own. Sherry's not up to it, at least on his own. Um, I personally don't think he's up to it at all, which I've also spoken about multiple times throughout the year. Um, I don't think Callan Coleman-Jones is either. Um, I think he's better as a forward and then coming in as a second ruck when required. But for me, Goldstein has to has to play on at North next year. And I, I think we'd be making a big, big mistake. Unless the club had confidence they could acquire a ruckman somewhere else. Um, and someone that could immediately come into the senior side and have an impact, then I would not be letting Goldstein walk away. I would be signing him on for another year. Yeah, and I think this shows probably they're not completely sold on Sherry at the moment as a number one ruck. I mean, that, that's fair enough to say, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I know you're not a big supporter of him, but if he showed um, better signs uh, than he has probably in the last six weeks, uh, I know he's had a long-term injury, then they might have gone the other way. Is that a fair call? I'd say so. I mean, you've got to remember, and it's obviously, it's unfortunate. I feel like I probably am a bit harsh because he has, you know, he obviously has come back from from an injury earlier this year, but you go back to round one and he, Goldstein didn't play round one. Um, Sherry was named as the number one Ruckman and the only Ruckman. And then he was obviously injured and we didn't see him for two thirds of the season. But he's come back now and he hasn't played without Goldstein. I understand that Coleman Jones and Combin are both injured so um, and have been ruled out. So I get the logic behind it. However, Sherry's not taking, you know, he's, I don't, I don't know the stat, but it doesn't seem to me like he's going to majority of the right contest. It seems to me like it's a fairly even split or Goldie is still taking more of the of the ruck load. Goldstein's also had a really big impact kind of just around the ground in the last few weeks as well. Um, 
you know, he's taking some really big contested marks. He's kicked a couple of goals. He's been quite involved in the play. He doesn't, he's obviously not having that same effect he was probably having, you know, at his peak six or seven years ago, but he's still having a real, enough of an impact around the ground and in the rough for me to warrant another year. Yeah, I don't think he's lost anything. Like, even though he's, he's aged, I don't know the club was trying to phase him out. But, uh, you know, the Tristan Sherry injury and just his good form in general has probably kept him in the side, uh, to be honest with you. And CCJ, the injury there, um, the concussion uh, problems that uh, he had, he's had this year as well has, has kept him in the team. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I think of, like if we didn't offer him a contract, I think Collingwood would be, would be stupid not to you know, go after him, to be honest with you. Because who's a better ruckman, Mason Cox? Or Todd Goldstein, or even Darcy Cameron. Well, I mean, definitely not Mason Cox. Cameron's been fairly handy for them um, since yeah. going over. I think Geelong have shown interest in Goldstein in the past too, and yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they just came knocking again. But I, I, from what I understand, if North wanted Goldstein to play on another year, he would stay at North. Yeah, uh, look, so I really always, hope that's the case. Yeah, oh, he's always shown loyalty. Um, I think, you know, he's got a young family um, in the northern suburbs. I don't think he'd move to Geelong now. If he didn't move a couple of years ago, he wouldn't move now. Um, maybe maybe Collingwood um, if they were interested, but just to get a premiership in his last year or something like that. But uh, at this stage, I think uh, it's almost certain that he plays on next year, which is good news uh, for you, Marnie, in particular. So, Great news. Please don't get my hopes up. If that's not the case, I'm coming for you, Dean. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'll uh, yeah, I'll go off our socials and uh, yeah, make sure you don't follow my address or anything like that. So. <laughs> yeah, um, nothing worse than the wrath of a, of a woman. So yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm I'm certainly hoping that Rawlings isn't uh, playing any games here. So yeah, no, it doesn't sound like he, he doesn't sound like he is. Um, another point was Ben McKay. Now this looks like it'll play out in free agency, and depending what our compensation is for him. Uh, then we match any offers for him and force a trade if the compensation is only an end of first rounder or worse, the second rounder, I guess. I mean, that's fair enough and good to hear because the compensation based on Joe Danaher only a couple of years ago was a first rounder for him. So you would think the money would be similar, the length of contract, same age as well. So unless we get um, the third pick at this stage, then we force something out of Essendon, don't we, if he did go to Essendon or Port Adelaide or whatever. No, I think we should definitely play hard, hard ball. I feel like North yeah. in the past have potentially just allowed themselves to to kind of just roll over and, um, you know, maybe there are certain trades where we probably could have got more out of the opposition club if we had just played slightly harder ball. Um, the one thing with Ben Mackay, which I find a bit, it's a bit tricky, is he's had a pretty ordinary year. I mean, he's also missed quite a bit of football through injury, but... He's had a couple of games here and there that have been really solid and, you know, he's, you know, been at his best and he's marking everything that comes his way and, you know, he's, he's been, you know, unstoppable. But hasn't had a mind-blowing year that, like, I don't – like, his best warrants a pick three, sure. Just hmm. based on based on talent alone, forget the contract length and, the, and I know that all those things, you know, the money come into play, but – Based on his last year, I personally wouldn't be. If I was an Essendon supporter or I was a Port Adelaide supporter, I wouldn't be sitting here thinking this guy's worth pick three. Not in the form that he's in at the moment. It's kind of a, it's kind of a similar um, a similar situation to Horn Francis. I mean, he was very he was good last year and he showed a lot of signs. But when push comes to shove, I mean, you look at the year he's just had at Port Adelaide and he's you know it's it's infinite times better. And we know we know the kind of player that he's going to be, and we know the kind you know obviously, and that's what Port were willing to give up. But you know, it wouldn't. I think that we should definitely play hard ball. Yes, absolutely. I think the club really needs to um, demand a bit of respect from the rest of the league, and I think this would be one way to do it. But I don't know if the compensation would be, a, you know, a pick three, to be perfectly honest with you. Like I know, and like I said before, I know that contract length and money comes into it, but based on the form of the last, of his this season, he's been pretty inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, outside of this year, uh, last couple of years have been pretty solid. Uh, ever since he came in in 2020, he's been a very good uh, key defender. This year has been a bit up and down. He certainly had some good games this year. He's, you know, he's, he's been you know, at his intercepted best in certain games, but the, it's been too far, few and far between. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
if uh, Essendon offered 800000 for four years, would you be happy to match that and just keep him? Or is I that too much? It. No, I mean, look, if the club, it, it's hard because I yeah. think that, you know, for me, this form is he's checked out, right? But if he was really committed to the club and the club kind of said, no, you're staying and we matched him, um, then I would really expect him to lift his game. You know what I mean? I mean? It's, got, it, it's all conditional. I mean, it, and it can go, it can work in our favour if we decide to match the offer. I mean, you think, you speak about Joe Danaher, right? You think about Tom Papley and there was this whole hypothetical trade that, you know, half the picks didn't even exist, right? But there was all this talk about Danaher going to Sydney and then Papley going to Carlton and then Carlton giving picks over to Essendon. And Sydney said, no, Papley's not going anywhere. And he you know, he's arguably had some of the best, you know, been in the best form of his career ever since that. So that could be another sliding doors moment for North if we say, no, you're actually staying put. So, you know, you better make the most of it. And then, you know, he refines that form. Um, I don't have an issue. Like I said, I don't have an issue with the club matching it and have an issue with the club, you know, playing hardball and demanding respect both from Mackay and then from other teams in the competition. Yeah, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, and clubs are going to look after the, you know, in the best interest of themselves. And if that's uh, keeping Ben McKay, if, you know, if Essen matched that, you know, offered 800,000 four years, I understand that would be enough for a pick three. Um, but if they sort of said, no, it's only an end of first rounder, then we, yeah, then it might be just worth matching. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, the developments over that, of that uh, come into the season. Um, but let's move forward uh, to the big news of the week. And it feels like it has been an emotional time for hardcore North supporters like me and you. Pretty much at the end of an era uh, with Jack Zeeble last week and Ben Cunnington this week uh, announcing retirements. I think we almost forgot the influence and the quality of footballer uh, ben was as soon as twenty, you know, 2021, which is only a couple of years ago. And he's had his battles overcoming cancer twice to play footy again and played a decent level, but nowhere near the player he was before uh, his second cancer diagnosis. But uh, what are your fondest memories of Ben Cunnington, Marnie? Oh, I mean, you can just run through a highlights reel of fend-offs um, for me as yeah. a starting point, Dean. I mean, it was obviously so tough and, like, he was just so strong and, you know, just about every tackle he broke. Um, fondest memories, I've got a couple that stand out. There was a game against the Bulldogs early in his career. I think we won the game by about nine goals. It was maybe, I don't know, maybe 2014 or 15, kind of around that time. Um, and Cunners kicked four last quarter goals. I think it was our only goal scorer in the last quarter, but he kicked four goals and he was snapping them from everywhere. I think he kicked it off one step from the boundary, one of the goals. It's quite unbelievable. I've got to find that footage, actually. I've been meaning to do that this week. So um, I'll post it on Twitter if I find it, for those who don't remember that game. That was that was a really, you know, I mean, you just, you know, and obviously he, he really turned into this, you know, unbelievably dominant force in the midfield. But he had, you know, he was such an impressive goal kicker too, you know. He was a he was a sharpshooter um, in front of goal, so that was probably the one. And then the other for me was um, twenty twenty one over in Perth on a wet and cold Monday night. I was there. Um, I was living in Perth at the time we yeah. played West Coast, um, and it was this breakthrough win over in the West. And Cunners and Stevo, um, they were really the leaders. Um, you know, particularly in that last quarter and really, really willed the team over the line. It was just such a gutsy win. And, you know, that was a real vintage Cunnington. Um, just such an incredible performance by him as well. So they're, you know, they're probably the two that really come to mind when I think about him and on the field. But as you said, Dane, off field, just such an incredible person, um, such an honest and really humble person. I'm sure, you know, I've watched his speech many a time um, during the week and, it's just what I loved about that was he was so refreshingly honest, you know, when he was talking about earlier this year when he was dropped from the senior side and he actually had just, you know, he just lost the desire to actually work to get himself back into the senior team. I think it's, you know, it's obviously been a really taxing couple of years for Cunners, probably physically and mentally, and to be able to have him back, um, you know, in some capacity while it hasn't been, at the full strength that we've kind of known, you know, become accustomed to, um, you know, we have been really lucky to be able to welcome him back into the side. 
um, for, you know, a few games here and there. And I'm really looking forward to being able to just give him one last hurrah on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, he was cruel, you know, at the peak of his career, you know, I mean. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, his health is the most important thing. And, yeah, that, that did take a lot, a big toll out of him. I know it's similar to Sam Doherty, but Sam Doherty was obviously a lot younger. Um, ben Cunnington was already 30 when this sort of happened to him. And, you know, he even said uh, there was days where he couldn't, you know, to get out of bed and go to the toilet um, was exhausting. So, and that's only going back 18 months ago, you know, not even two years uh, when that uh, all first came up. So, yeah, obviously, you know, he, he just wants to go on a farm, uh, go fishing and, you know, just live a quiet, peaceful life um, just with his family, which is, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, he's a country boy. So, yeah, all the best to him in his, uh, you know, future endeavours and hopefully has a long and healthy uh, life and, um, yeah, spends it with his uh, loved ones and family and, uh, yeah, really uh, gets to catch some fish. I'm sure players like Jai Sipkin will go out with him fishing and all that sort of thing because I don't think he's going to come come to the club uh, very much. No, I, I think he'll definitely, um, he, again, something he said in his, in his speech was, you know, coming to North was sort of the perfect fit for him. You know, he's a really low key kind of guy and um, just sort of a fly under the radar sort of person. And I think that low profile really suited him. Um, that, that moment with Jai Simkin um, at the end of the speech, I'm sure that was really the tipping point for a lot of us watching that video. Definitely was for me. Um, yeah. it's just amazing how much, you know, one individual, um, can mean to a club and the impact that he's, you know, he's left on the club and he's definitely left a legacy behind, you know, he's, he really, he and Zeebs both really, I think embody what it means to be a North Melbourne person and embody what it means to be a Shinbona. Um, you know, that real, just tough ruthlessness, resilience and just, you know, really fighting it out until the end. So um, it'll be a really, I'm sure Saturday will be incredibly emotional, um, but at the same time, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it and it'll be really, you know, I'm, I'm luck, we're, we're lucky we get to see him go one last time. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, no, and I'm glad he gets to go uh, yeah, out on his own terms as well. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, okay, we'll go back to last week and I think the Clarko effect was there for everyone to see. I mean, the first half, I think we got the tactics spot on. We were beating Melbourne at their own game, particularly early with intercepts and Eddie Ford making Jake Lever adjust his game um, wasn't getting any intercepts and had to be accountable to him. Uh, he kicked three goals in the first quarter. How did you see the game, uh, particularly in that first half last week? Well, the first half was exciting, wasn't it? It was just, I couldn't, I actually couldn't believe my eyes what was unravelling there, um, but in a good way, obviously. Um, interesting. It's, I actually took a different lens to it than I, than I probably have in the last, you know, we've obviously had a few games when Ratton was in charge um, in particular, you know, I don't need to go back over it, but the games against Sydney and Essendon and the second game against St Kilda, you could probably put the Carlton game in that, you know, on Good Friday in that same bracket. Um, you know, it's just we're not we're not good enough to win and we don't know how to win. And that's kind of how I walked away from a lot of those games feeling. But on the weekend, I actually feel like that's not the issue. I just think that... There's two big things for me at the moment, and I really hope we look to rectify this issue. Partially, it's not the club's fault, but it is an issue that does need to be addressed still. We just don't have, we're just not fit enough yet to be able to run out this really high tempo, um, high pressure. I mean, there were times, you know, Box Footy loved their pressure gauge, and there was plenty of times where North's pressure was, you know, verging on elite and was in that category, but we just don't have the stamina yet as a side to to go for that for four quarters um yet and that is that is why uh, that is probably why we can't you know it's not running out games as well as as well as you know the best in the competition at the moment that's one thing that was a big observation that I kind of made but the issues for me I think were we still we, clubs score they get on a run and they score too many goals in a really short amount of time and we just don't know how to stop the bleeding. Um, I would say it's a fatigue thing, but it's not because many of those games earlier in the year, we've let teams, you know, get out to a four or five goal lead within the first 10 minutes of the game. Half of the time, 
these clubs are getting five, six, seven shots on goal, but they're just missing the shots on goal. So it's flattering us and that's what's keeping us in the game. But, you know, the Bulldogs, Collingwood, even that Sydney game, they all got out to really, really big leads super early on in the game and we just don't have an answer. We don't know how to stop the bleeding. We do have a lot of one-way runners in the side and I think that's probably something, you know, that needs to kind of be looked at. But the other thing is, is that this side hasn't had a lot of time to really gel and play together for most of the year. Um, there's been players in and out of the side all season. We've had so many injuries. We've tried so many different things. I think we've used the most amount of players of any club this year through the side. I think I I heard that during the week. Someone I was talking to during the week told me that. So we just haven't had a lot of consistency as a as a 23. Um, and I think that partially that's due to injury, but then we need to figure out where all these injuries are coming from. Um, but it's also just, you know, there's some players that just can't hold their spot on the side and we can't seem to get the balance right, um, potentially. So that's why all these changes are being made. So I think there's a few things in there. I, I don't know. I change my mind every week. Sometimes I think it's really dire and we just don't know how to win. We've lost our confidence and, and it's a culture thing. And then other times I feel like, no, maybe there's just things that we really need to work on over the off season. The fitness thing is probably the biggest one. I know we do have a young side playing at the moment, but I think that was my biggest takeaway out of the game. We know what we need to do to match it with one of the in, one of the best sides in the competition, arguably the informed team of the competition, but we just didn't have the endurance to run with them for the for four quarters. So there's a bit of work to do there, but um, I didn't. I mean, I'm never happy if we don't win the game. I mean, that's just a blanket statement that I want to put out there. But I didn't leave that game feeling disappointed. It was just, or angry. It was just sort of like, oh, there's clearly work to be done, but it's good to be able to identify that. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think we've, we've had a lot of distractions as well, you know, with Clarkson uh, obviously, you know, being affected by the racism report. Um, that's, uh, yeah, probably we haven't seen the best of his coaching. I think there was signs there last week that uh, we've seen that, you know, how, how good tactically he can be um, when he when he is uh, fresh and, you know, in a good mental space. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, we can get something out of the next three weeks at least, um, because, you know, our supporters have been very loyal and going to a lot of games this year and haven't seen many good performances. So it'll be nice to get, you know, one, maybe two wins. But, um, yeah, we'll uh, see how we go. Um, we'll go to the team changes. We'll move forward. Uh, so into the team come, comes Ben Cunnington, of course. Uh, George Wardler as well, big in as well. Um, out of the team goes Robert Hanson, Will Phillips uh, and Charlie Lozaro. All omitted. Two pretty good ins, though, Marty. Yeah, and it'll be really exciting to see Wardlaw and Cunt uh, play a game together. Um, this is the one and only, and that will be, you know, something really special to see the there's some master and apprentice in the middle, um, which would be great. I, I've just got, and I wanted to ask your opinion, Dean, um, I've just got a really big issue with Will Phillips at the moment. And the in and out of the side is just driving me insane. Um, I think that he is going to be such an important part of our future, but it's so hard to give him any confidence if he's not just getting a consistent run, um, running the side. He just need they just need to leave him. They should have just left him in there for the rest of the year. And I understand that maybe they want to they want to drop him to bring Cunnington in. But I mean, what what, what do you think about this whole situation? Because I just find this whole Will Phillips saga to be one of the strangest of the year. Yeah, I think he's been stiff a couple of times, um, particularly under Ratton. I think this one was just a matchup thing, a uh, straight swap for Ben Cunnington. I think he'll be back next week, but that'll be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I'm not so sure what he's thinking is. Like, if he's sort of, you know, um, losing confidence or losing belief that he's good enough for AFL football. Uh, I think he's had a pretty good year, considering he's coming off a uh, pretty uh, serious illness last year. And he's certainly shown signs, particularly in the second half of the year. I'm not too worried about this week. It'll probably be more next week. I mean, because if you have Phillips, Cunnington, um, you know, and and maybe oh, who else is there? Uh, someone else maybe that uh, is a bit slow, then it leaves him midfield a bit slow. Because Essendon's midfield, if it's anything, it can uh, pretty, be pretty good on the outside. So maybe it was just a matchup-based thing this week. Yeah, it makes sense this week um, with that Cunnington swap. But I just... I just feel like it's just been this reoccurring theme um, all year. He just can't seem to hold his spot on the side and I can't understand why. I feel like he's, I feel like a couple of times it's just been completely unwarranted and I feel like he 
the best way for him to actually develop and play and and sort of become the player that we're expecting him to become is to just let him be. Um, so I mean, look, it's obviously only three games left for the year, so it's maybe a a discussion on the back burner until we kind of understand where he's at next season and how his preseason goes. But I think you know, obviously for balance this week, if that's the case, but. It's definitely been one of the stranger tales for me for the year. Yeah, I probably would have um, dropped Darcy Tucker ahead of Will Phillips, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, if I had to pick yeah. one, didn't yeah. uh, didn't didn't have his best day on uh, on Sunday in Tassie. Good old Darcy. <laughs> oh, I did a couple oh. uh, a couple of big mistakes in the first half, which uh, really hurt. The one in touch was just um, mind blowing for a hundred and fifteen game AFL footballer. Uh, I don't know what he's thinking here, but um, yeah, look, I'm, uh, not just about that, but I, I just think yeah, Will Phillips is in better form than uh, Darcy Tucker. I know they play a different position, but um, yeah, it's yeah, I, I still would have gone Will Phillips even as a well, he still might be a sub because I think he's emergency. So. Yeah, well, um, we'll see. What do you think of Robert, Robert Hanson? Um, obviously, only the two games out of the team this week, not even an emergency. Are you being a bit disappointed with what you've seen there? He's probably not ready yet. I don't think he's ready yet, um, but I think he, I think he'll be okay um, whether he's going to be a long-term I mean, obviously, at the club for the next 18 months, so, um, or for, you know, the rest of this year and then next season as well. So I'd be interested to see um, how he develops and if he, he should get another opportunity at AFL level. Phoenix Spicer kind of had about a six to eight week patch there where he just played every week and he kind of really had had a good opportunity. And unfortunately, I just don't think he really took that opportunity with both hands. Um, so I'd like to see Hanson get the same opportunity next year. Um, our, I mean, Eddie Ford on the weekend, and we did talk about it. Um, you did mention it just earlier three goals in the first quarter and he was sensational and you know while he's sort of more that mid that that mid-size um forward and he's sort of been floating on a wing and then into the forward line um you know he's more mid than small um he's pretty agile um and he can kind of play play that role and then Paul Curtis against West Coast the week before so there are guys that are stepping up to the plate Larky's obviously had a bit of a quiet fortnight so you know they'll they might look they might look at something a bit different. Um, I'd really like to to see Shees back, you know, in the forward line again yeah. if there was an opportunity for that. I think that we really should start to to focus, you know, a bit more time with Shees up forward in the last few weeks um, of the season because I really think that's where he, while he's obviously been sensational, um, you know, in, in defence so far this year, I think long-term that is where he's going to be his most damaging pass. Yeah, I, look, I'd like to see him as a forward mid. And I think our best games have been when he's played as a forward mid. Yeah, yeah remember that Sydney game only, you know, it was only six to eight weeks ago where he played that role. And, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was sensational. He's, he's a real class act inside that forward 50. And we don't really, I mean, we've tried a number of small crummers um, in that forward line and nothing's really worked um, this year. I mean, I think we've only got like two or three goals from. Players like Tane Turner, Blake Drury, um, Phoenix Spicer, and Robert Hanson. So, yeah, I'd like to see Harry Sheasel go forward this week. I don't mind playing him in the back line against the better teams because the ball uh, tends to spend a bit of time there in the back line. But uh, against the team that's um, you know, mid-table like an Essendon, I would like to see him forward because I don't think they've got a match-up for him. Um, so, yeah, well, um, and like you said, long-term, I think that's his position, uh, forward mid, uh, rather than actually uh, rebounding defender. But, um, yeah, uh, what do we know, I guess? Um, yeah, let's preview the game against the Bombers anyway. Now, they like to play a short-kicking possession-style game. They get the overlap behind the ball and get the ball into Zach Merritt's hands as well, who's had an outstanding season, averaging just under 29 possessions a game. Last time we played them, he ran right in the first quarter with 15 possessions, two goals and almost 300 metres gained. We put the clean stop on him after that with Liam Shields. Uh, he's not playing this week. Do you think we'll put a tag on him early in the in the game uh, from the first bounce? I reckon you have to. He ripped us to pieces in that yeah. in the game earlier this year. He was just mind blowingly good. Um, obviously, Shields isn't playing potentially. Um, I I mean, Eddie Ford, you know, could play that role. He he 
played an excellent game on Sicily when we played Hawthorne a few weeks ago in one of the best shutdown roles we've probably seen all year. Um, he could be an option, although he obviously plays more on the outside and drifting up forward rather than um, in the mid uh, as a sort of a, a consistent midfielder. Um, I would definitely explore a tag, um, though, where it comes from, I'm not sure. Um, but definitely someone needs to go to him and pay him some close attention, particularly early on. We can't, you can't let him, you know, he's such a class act, act merit. Um, you just, you can't let him do what he did last time to us. No way. What about uh, Darcy Tucker? Do you think he's I'll probably... Yeah, I was thinking Darcy Tucker. Um, I mean, you could potentially go like a Bailey Scott as well, but I think Bailey Scott's run on the wing is maybe too important and the attack that we get for him potentially is too important um, to shut him down. So potentially it's something we could explore with Darcy. Um, and I think, you know, he's got a bit of work to do after last week. Yeah. Um, the other one is potentially, and I know this is obviously not the role he's been playing either, but Kane Turner, um, he's played a few games over the past sort of, you know, last year and this year um, on, you know, he's played these shutdown roles on damaging small forwards. And he's actually done a reasonable job um, in that role as well. Mm. So that is another option potentially we'll look to explore as yeah, look, that's not a bad one. He has played a tag and roll on, I think, uh, what's his name, Lockie Neal before as well. And he has played, his probably best football has been as a, as a small defender, to be honest with you, in the last few years. He did it uh, with David Noble uh, in his first season uh, towards the second half of the year. And I thought he's quite good at that role, but uh, never played him there ever since. Um, so that's not a bad option. Uh, that's not a bad shout. Uh, outside of merit, uh, Parrish is averaging 30 touches a game, but I can live with that because he isn't damaging. They struggle with clearances, Essendon, 17th in the comp, uh, getting the ball inside their forward 50, uh, 14th in the comp, and 17th uh, in tackles. Now, this could be the game where LDU could run riot, couldn't he? I mean, him, Wardlaw... Simpkin and Cunnington, uh, if they can do what they did last time, um, Wardlaw, Simpkin and LDU, I uh, know oh Phillips was there, then we could kick uh, kick goals and put up a decent score. Absolutely. I think um, I think entries into the forward 50 is, it's always a big thing for North because it's been atrocious for as long as I can remember. Um, but in this game in particular, because when you think back to the West Coast game as well, uh, we were we were winning the clearances and we were hitting that we were winning the hitouts as well. It was West Coast was scoring on the back of our turnovers, and we really can't afford to do that against Essendon because, as you mentioned earlier, earlier Dean, they are quick and they can catch you. Uh, they can catch you um, running back the other way as soon as you fumble the ball. Um, and we are not the clean, you know, we're not the best ball users. Um, let's you know, it's nothing we can shy away from. That is the situation. We just don't have you know, a lot of clean possessions. So I think we've really got to make the most of our opportunities here. Our clearance work, is, you know, has been fairly good all season. Um, I think we really need to bring back that high-intensity tackling, um, high-tackle game style as well. I think we need to put them under pressure. Um, that obviously worked against the Ds early on last week and we might not need... I don't, I don't want to disrespect the Bombers when I say this. We might not need to bring that same level of intensity and then maybe we'd be able to sustain it for longer. But we definitely do need to bring more to the table than we have. I mean, our tackling has been quite really ordinary this year. Um, we, you know, I think we're averaging less than 50, uh, less than 60 tackles. My, my, um, my apologies. Mm -hmm. We're averaging less than 60 tackles um, a game at the moment. That's not great. It's not great for a side that, you know, we don't spend a lot of time with ball in hand compared to the opposition. You know, we've got opposition opposition who are entering their forward 50 double the amount of times that we are during a game, but we just have way too many one-way runners and we don't work hard enough. Um, so I think we really that this weekend if, you know, if we see this as an opportunity to get a win. Yeah, and I think it's our quality of tackles have been has been pretty poor this year as well. I remember early in the season when we were, when we were tackling, we were making them stick, but uh, it's sort of, you know, we are starting to do really flimsy tackles and teams were starting to break our tackles far too easily and get on the outside far too easily as well. So if we can, you know, bring that physicality um, with our tackling and just, you know, lock in the ball and get a few holding the balls, then, you know, go a long way to putting in a good performance and hopefully a win. Um 
Kyle Langford has kicked 45 goals with 18 goal assists. Luckily, they don't have Jake Stringer this week because for some reason he seems to show up against us all the time. He's still injured. Um, do you think Ben Mackay goes to Peter Wright and maybe Aidan Core goes to Langford or maybe someone yeah. else? Yeah. No, I, I actually, I'm I'm in love with Aidan Core. He's ever since, and I mean, I miss Griff and I'm really <laughs> looking forward to having Griff back. But I mean, I've criticised Aidan Core for most yeah. of this year for being lazy and for not working hard enough and, for, you know, unable to, and being frustrated, I guess, just at how inconsistent he's been. But ever since Griff's gone out injured, I feel like he's really stepped up to the plate and I think he's had a really, really, really good month of football. Um, and we know that Aiden Core's capable of shutting down some of the best forwards in the competition. He's, you know, I mean, he's shut down Buddy. That's, you know, about as much proof as you need that he's more than capable of, of, of the job at hand. So I would definitely, in the first instance anyway, I would send Core to Langford and um Mackay to right and if it doesn't work then make the change but that's the that's how I would start anyway. I'm 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 on the Aiden Core train. I'm I'm really I'm really into it at the moment. Yeah, I'm 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 with you to be honest with you. I know he only had nine touches last week but he, he's he played a really good lockdown role. Um whoever went on him and he's he's, he's impacting. Really, he's having he's having yeah. a big impact and it seems to suit him to kind of to have I think he kind of he's and this is interesting, he's sort of a player that kind of thrives with responsibility um, because when you've got he and Mackay and Logue in the side, you know, he obviously is the third defender, so he doesn't really have that responsibility like the others do. Um, but I think he's really rising to the occasion um, and he has really stepped up in the last month. So I hope that continues um, because I'm, I'm loving it. I'm in love with him. I'm, I'm just so into it at the moment. It's great. Really, really good. Well, yeah, it might be him by himself if Ben McCoy leaves at the end of the season. So, you know, he, he might be the, you know, the, the anchor of the defence. And, you know, if you asked me that a month ago, I think I think you might have even put up a tweet about it. You know, we'll, we'll yeah, laughing. Laughing. Yeah, yeah panic stations because you're just like, no way, this cannot be happening. But, but um, yeah. a month is a long time in football. Yeah, apparently, because this is, the, I think, the last three weeks is the, is the player – we thought we'll get him, you know, for the you know, last two or three years. I mean, I know he's had his injuries. I mean, he missed his first season with a, you know, a strange foot injury that got infected. Um, but, um, yeah, last couple of years have been pretty ordinary from him. And, yeah, finally, he's uh, finding some consistency in the last three weeks. And it has coincided with Griffin Logue's injury as well. He's really stepped up, which is really good to see. Um, they've had a very uh, even spread of goal kickers this year with Menzies, Perkins and Nick Martin as well. But I really like our back line. Um, and I liked it last week how they gelled in the first half. Uh, go to Archer McDonald. They they looked uh, all right. I mean, it's good to see Luke McDonald find a bit of form. I think he had four intercepts early. Um, as far as mid-sized defenders, I think they're good matchups for these players, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I, I can't the audacity of Jack's able to announce his retirement and then play one of the best games of his career against mm. the Dees on Sunday. He was uh, Sunday, my, my um, unbelievable. Just he was sensational uh, against the D's on Sunday. Luke McDonald, yes, he was he was excellent. Um, and we did speak about we did speak about McDonald and Simkin um, in the lead up to the game last week um, with the boys. And I I said just play you got to play McDonald. Um, you know he's the captain, and I don't think that him not I think he needs to be there. Um, rather than not be there. And he was very, very, very good on Sunday. Um, he had an excellent game, I thought. Um, I really liked Goda's game as well. He's going to be a player and a half for us. Um, so I think we've, yeah, I, I think we could. And then obviously Arch, I mean, you know, it's in the name. He's um, he's really aggressive. He's really tough with the ball. Um, probably just needs to be a little bit stronger. There were a couple of tackles there that didn't stick, um, like you probably would have hoped. But overall, also a really good. So uh, we're looking good. It's it's hard. Like I said, I, I don't I don't really want to get too uh, too ahead of myself. But I think we are a re- we are a realistic chance to to you know be in all three of these last games. I think we're a realistic chance on the weekend. I think we're a realistic chance against Richmond. I think we're a realistic chance against the Suns in the last round. So I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I don't think it's the toughest draw. 
to be honest with you. I think uh, Richmond are starting to fade away now. Uh, well, it's I easy to that... say, Dean, but we're sitting 17th on the ladder. We haven't yeah, won a game since March. <laughs> yeah, so, but it could be worse. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're coming off a five-goal loss to Melbourne. It was probably your favourite. So, yeah, I think I think that things are looking up. We're absolutely telling them up in the first quarter of last half last week. So if we play like that for three quarters on the weekend, we'll be enough to beat Essendon, I reckon. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Now, you talked about Harry Sheasel. You want him full, don't you? You don't want him in the back line this week. But, um, yeah. I mean, I think I think this week's a perfect opportunity for to go forward against Essendon. I, I just have a crack at it. Then yeah. trust me, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a bad move. I want to say what's the worst that can happen? Oh, he kicks three goals and he plays the game of his career. Wow, it's such a terrible result. <laughs> um, no, definitely give him a whirl, especially because Jaden Stevenson. I don't know what's going on there, but he has just completely gone off the boil in the second half of the season. He's had no impact, um, and I know Taron Thomas has had a really good few weeks, but I even find Taron Thomas a little bit unpredictable. Um, sometimes he just doesn't work hard enough for me personally. Um, so I'd, I'd give Shea's a crack in the up forward at least for a half, at least for a half. Just give the people what they want, Clarko. She's up forward. Definitely, yeah. No, it's your first half, and if worst case scenario, if he's not getting touched in the forward line, just putting back in the half back line. Taron Thomas is an interesting one. I might as well get your thoughts on it now. Now his mood has been a bit flaky last couple of weeks. Uh, we we don't know where you know today he puts up an Instagram post uh, in the North Melbourne jumper last week or the week before against after the West Coast game. He did he unfollowed the club on socials and and so forth. If you had to um, if you had to make a decision based on his future, and you got a decent offer. Let's say Gold Coast put up pick five for him uh, because they got an academy prospect they're going to take early uh, as a key forward. Would you uh, entertain that offer? Yeah, I think you'd have a look at it. Um, if it comes, I think it comes down to does he want to be at the club or does he not want to be at the club? That's the first question you're going to answer. To me, it doesn't seem like he really wants to be there. I... I don't know if I've said this um, on this podcast before, but I just have this gut feeling that he's going to request a trade interstate at the end of the year. Um, I just, it kind of screams fresh start to me. Um, and if he wanted to leave, it's different to Mackay. I think that we should facilitate that trade. Obviously, the off-field stuff this year and while, you know, the case has been closed and that he doesn't really have any case to answer for, um, it, it's been really unpredictable and it's, you know, is that really worth, is that really worth risking? I, I, I'm not sure. If he wanted to stay, different story. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, he's, his, he is talent is unrivaled. He's the talent, most talented player on our list, and it's no disrespect to LDU. LDU is going to be a superstar. We all know that. But based on just, but it's, it, it, I'm talking pure talent alone. LDU works extremely hard. And he's a professionalist inside and out, and is an obviously a fantastic character as well. And all of those things contribute to what he, you know, the output every week. Taron Thomas based on talent alone, is our most talented footballer. I mean, some of the things he does, no one else on the list could do. But he doesn't really he's, – he's a, he's a big one-way runner. He doesn't work hard enough, um, in my opinion. I feel like he could have so much more impact on a game if he really wanted to, but I just feel like he doesn't really want to. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to be there, I don't know if it's worth – if it's really worth trying to convince him to stay the same way it would be to try and convince Mackay to stay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. My concern is probably not on the football field. It's probably off it, to be honest with yeah. you, because I could see him six rounds into next year doing something stupid like a drink driving incident. And then it sort of leaves us in a bad spot. Like he's had enough, he's had a lot of chances and I'll get your opinion. But if that happens, we almost have to sack him. Like, you know, six rounds into next year, whereas this year you could sell a bit high on him. Like, especially if uh, someone comes out in the first round. I know he's talented and I know he's the type of player we desperately need on our list. But I just think the, the risk is too high. Um, I think, it's, I think it still comes back. I can see the point. I still yeah. think it comes back to does he want to be there or not. 
because he would know if he really wants to be at the club he would know he's on scaling on the thinnest of ice right and i think that he would if he decided yep i want to be here this is you know this is it for me then i think he would really pull himself into line because i think he would know deep down that this would be it and there wouldn't be another chance but i my gut still tells me he'll he'll ask for a trade what do you think do you think he's going to want to stay or do you Uh, i don't think he knows if he wants to stay to be honest with you and that's yeah it's because his mood has been really up and down the last couple of weeks yeah, I think this week maybe with the Ben Cunnington news, he wants to show off. You know that he, you know he's a he's a shin boner and he wants to play for the club. When things are when things are like that, you know, like happening well. But when when something tough happened, like the loss to West Coast, he unfollows the club on social media and almost you could there was rumours going that he that he wants to leave and, and so forth. Now you can't always believe rumours. Um, Kane Corns makes Kane Corns makes up shit every week, so you can't always believe that. But I, I don't know if he wants to be there. Um, so it could be. It could depend, to be honest with you, um, when trade period comes. Um, he might say two days before, like a Jason on Francis, yeah, I'll stay. And then at, during a trade period, ask for a trade. You know, there might be a manager getting into his head or something. So I don't know, to be honest with you. I, 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 yeah, I'm really sitting on the fence with that, but I don't know where his head's at, uh, to be honest with you. But hopefully he puts in a good performance this week anyway against this. And that's all we've got control over at the moment. Um, ben Cunnington, he starts on the ground this week, surely not, not as a sub. Oh, I'd hope so. Unless they want to do like, unless they really want to do that dramatic thing of like starts on the bench and then everyone can just clap him on and go wild when he comes, when he comes on for a bit of a cinema effect. I think, yeah, he, needs to, I think he needs to start yeah. on though. I don't agree with yeah. you. It's his retirement game. Just keep, give him a full game, no matter what what's happening. I guess you know, even if it's a close game and he's not doing anything, just keep him on. Put him full forward. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't matter. So, yeah, I, I think for his last game, I think you just got to play him the four hundred and twenty minutes, and uh, then he can draw retirement after that. Um, in saying all that, do you think we'll win, Marnie? Yeah, I, I I really think we're a good chance this week. I never like I never like to be against us, but I'm I'm very nervous. The tip. For tip us because I, I don't you know I don't want to get my hopes up and then get let down I think we are a realistic chance to win this game like fair income we're a chance a good chance um and I I think our best and we always we almost pipped them we almost pipped them yeah. when we played them last time um what makes me that that game and the the west coast game on the weekend makes me a bit nervous um because i feel like essendon will really come out all guns blazing i think they would really be preparing for this game because i think west coast probably would have caught them off guard a little bit uh last week and i don't think they'd want a repeat of that um but i still think we're a really good chance on saturday Based on recent form, um, there's not much difference between them and us at the moment. I mean, they they beat West Coast by a point, lucky to get over one. We lost them by five points, and they they struggled against the Bulldogs uh, weeks before as well, uh, Bombers. So yeah, it's um, yeah, their recent form uh, suggests they're, they're not doing much better than us. You're saying that? What's your final prediction then? I'll go north by ten. Goals. <laughs> That would be the easiest football game of my life. I'd be laughing at that. Ten points. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think one of my favourite memories of all time is when uh, we were touching them up a few years ago and Nathan Grimer kicked his only goal of uh, in his AFL career playing as a forward because he was injured. Uh, we didn't have anyone else on the interchange left, so we just put him full forward. And, um, yeah, he kicked the left foot snap. Um, so good. That was a cracker. 2000 and... 13, I think it was, or 15, yeah. one of the two. Yeah, that was good. And literally, Nathan Grimer did not stop talking about that for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Oh, uh, why not? No, it was a good, <laughs> it was a good it was goal. So good. So good. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a bad one. Yeah, not bad for a guy that, yeah, I think that was his only goal in his career as far one as I know. only goal. It was, yeah. and I think um, I think he'd gone 70-odd games without a goal and it was coming up to the record. Um the all-time record and um I, I think everyone knew as well i think all the boys knew and um so when he got a chance up forward definitely made the most of it 
Yeah, almost. Um, we we almost took the piss with him that game because we were winning that comfortably. That uh, we thought, oh, we'll just put him uh, full forward at the end, even though he's injured. And yeah, just um, plucked up and uh, kicked a good left foot snap. So yeah, no, that's uh, one of my fondest memories. Uh, I know we've had a lot of big ones like Drew Petrie and all that, but uh, yeah, that uh, that one really resonates in my brain. The Nathan Bryan goal. Uh, he obviously went to Essendon. Yeah, <laughs> he obviously went to Essendon during the Tottenham saga, but um, yeah, all. It was all um, yeah, good fun. Uh, anyways, Marty, um, do you want to add anything else before I let you go? No, just thanks for having me once again, and everyone, you know, as many people as you can get down to get down to the game on Saturday. Um, you know, it's always important to to be there and and support the boys. Um, you know up in the action, but particularly for comers um, this week, I think it'll, I think it'll be a pretty special game on Saturday. So definitely encourage everyone to get down if they can. Oh, definitely. And very good words there, Marnie. Uh, well, Marnie, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to chat uh, Nathan Grimer, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> any, any excuse I've got uh, for that goal uh, to come up, I'm more than happy. But um, yeah, enjoy the weekend. Uh, hopefully we can get a good win and I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. You too. Thanks, Dean. So thank you very much to Marnie for coming to the show once again. Always a pleasure to get her thoughts on everything. So that's it for today's show. Once again, thanks to all you love listeners for all the likes, retweets, and comments you all put out on the show. It's much appreciated. It's helping the show grow, and I couldn't do this show without your support. So so keep them up, um, and if you can leave a rating and review, please do so on your favorite podcast platform. So that's it for tonight. I will be back next Monday to review our game, our performance against Essendon. Uh, that's uh, coming up this Saturday. So hopefully we can get a win for Ben Cunnington in his retirement game. Uh, unfortunately, I've got uh, commitments elsewhere, so I won't be at the game on Saturday. So these are commitments that uh, I've had lined up for a long time, which I can't get out of uh, unless I want to see my kids every second weekend. I'm pretty much stuck. So... Uh, get down to the game if you can. Hopefully we can get a good crowd, good support for Ben Cunnison. Uh, good, che- you know, um, it would be good uh, to see him get cheered off. Uh, obviously an emotional day, but uh, yeah, get down and support the boys if you can. And that's it. So tonight I will leave a shout out to Lorenzo at Tukito sixty eight, or or I spell it out T U C I T T O sixty eight. Bye for now and go Roos.